I need troops. It's practically StarCraft. On Amigos, everything Amiga. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're talking about Tiny Troops, quite possibly not only the inspiration for StarCraft, but possibly also Command and Conquer, uh, the, the the Master and Commander, many, uh, many uh, RTS games. Do you remember the first time you ever heard about eSports? Yeah, I do remember it, actually. And I thought to myself, this ain't going to fly. Because it was way back, you know, this is sort of legendary now, but they tried to get together, like, a, a, a classic video gaming league back at, I mean, way back in the 2600 days. I remember, it was either something I saw in the news or read in a, believe it or not, we used to read newspapers, but it was like a, they had like, you know, like, a, a, the top players that were, I don't know how they found out who they were, but they were going to, like, tour uh, you know, civic centers and whatnot, and play games and draw crowds. And even when it's a kid, I thought, man, this ain't gonna fly. And I, as I recall, because I found this out later, like they had, I know they had one of those events in like Washington D.C. And like they lost their shirts on this event. Like nobody. Why went do you to think it. that is? Why do you think you lose money? To me, if you have a tournament, you charge the people that are entering the tournament. You charge no. audience. No, no, no. They're the ones that got the money. You see. Oh. So here's okay. what I think went wrong. All right, and you know Brent's a big esports guy. He th- mm-hmm. esports. He barely he likes me. esports. Yeah. yeah. So here's the thing: uh, if you watch live tournaments, for example, okay, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna pick a name out of the hat: Street Fighter Five, okay, or right. whatever. It's fighting. There are some guys fighting. There's a crowd, and it's it's sort of like a real fight. You can watch it, right? Yeah. If you're watching uh, 13 people play Dragster on 2600. <laughs> It's not like a drag strip. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm paying for what? You know, I'm mm-hmm. going to watch a guy play Star Raiders or whatever they're doing. You know, it just doesn't fly. Well, I think it's- a lot of times, too, with those older games, uh, uh, you know, they, they were sort of, you know, marathon high score challenges where yes. with a lot of esports now, it's like you play three matches and it takes 10 minutes. Well, you, I guarantee you, you get the, the Star Raiders champion of the world. It's a 72 hour game you're having to watch right there. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, uh, you remember in King of Kong where they do, that guy walks up, he's like, this is, he has like a box of videotapes. He's like, this is the team record holder video for like the 62-hour marathon of like Ladybug or whatever, or whatever the game was. Mm-hmm. And, I remember, and he's like, I'm going to watch all this tonight. I thought to myself, nah, you're not going to do that. No one's doing that. And no one's going to come to a thing. Now, admittedly, at these esports events back in the 80s, I don't think they were just setting the guy down and being like, listen, just keep playing Kangaroo to you lose. Because they, <laughs> they're going for like a month, you know. I was going to say, maybe that's why these limits. things didn't. Yeah. But I think that you've got to have with esports, you've got it's got to be a head to head challenge. It, it can't just be two people playing the same game, not against each other. That's no good. You know, you were over in South Korea for a good mm-hmm. while. And over there, uh, I have read and have seen that they have a thriving esports scene and uh, uh, a lot of games over there that people played in the arena setting. I mean, was that how did you? Am I wrong you know, I, here? I moved to Korea in 2007. Yeah. 
and I remember sitting in, I remember this vividly, turning on the television that was provided in my apartment. They gave me a TV, but they didn't give me a, a desk or anything to put on. So it was just sitting on my floor. And so I, I turn on, I turn on the TV and I'm flipping <laughs> through the channels and I'm like, huh, I got a Starcraft channel. All right. Flip a couple more channels. Huh? They've got another StarCraft channel. They had two StarCraft channels on basic cable. So it's they like did the NFL play of South Korea. Yeah, yeah. So even, <laughs> in, I mean, that's that's pretty early days for esports. And uh, it's, you know, it was huge. I think it was much bigger in Korea before it got big in quotes here. I still don't think esports is as big here as it is in certain places in Asia. Oh, gosh, I, I, would, I would agree with you there. But I will say this. If you foster the right atmosphere, right, uh, it's like a party. You know, sure. you're watching guys, and you can play games, and you're watching the big screen. So, okay, listen, I would be down for that. Listen, like I would much house, rather, you know? I would much rather go and see a StarCraft tournament than sit and listen to a bunch of Euro dance trash at some crappy oh. demo party. I'll tell listen, you that right now. Are you trying to listen? The demo people have long arms, boat. They don't. Listen, they'll come I'm after fast. you. Don't I can move. Them. I use the peekaboo technique. Yeah, they're going to use the punch-you-in-the-face techniques that they're going to do, and they're going to do it while singing some Euro trash. <laughs> but, yeah, in terms of esports, uh, do I see it taking our nation by storm anytime soon? No. But, I mean, you know, we watch a lot of dumb crap that are faux competitions on TV. Yeah, that's, Euro, yeah. You know? And so, uh, to me, and Brent's going to think to himself, I can't believe I'm hearing this. To me... Uh, an e-sporting event with two like teams or two players that are playing a Madden or a uh, or a first-person shooter, whatever. It's more that's more of a sport than uh, American Idol or something. That's some kind of yeah. fixed garbage or, or, or something. something like Survivor or something like that. I, yeah. you know, to me, I love any sort of competition where it's two guys at the top of their game or two ladies or whatever, just seeing who's the better person. You know, that's, that's why right. I like combat sports, even though I'm anti-violence. Yeah. Because it's like the most pure form of competition. It's not violence. It's not violence for the sake of violence. It's it's a martial art. It's it's someone expressing their artistic uh, mastery. It just happens to be the mastery of whooping, a, uh, whooping somebody's brains out. That's right. Which, it's so that, that's how you justify butt. it. Hey, listen, mm-hmm. you're a you're a religious guy, right? You got your um, you got your warrior monks. There have mm-hmm. been plenty of religious guys that were also death dealers. That's true. You know, the Knights so Templar. There's a there's a spiritual connection with butt kicking. That, that's yeah. a, that's sort of like my religion, boat. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, Aaron, let's talk about tiny troops. That's the haunting love theme from Tiny Troops. They really, they really kick in. I mean, ever. It just sort of goes on like that. Like an ambient, one of those things you go to sleep with, like space music. You know what I mean? That's where they were going. Which makes a little bit of sense, I guess, given the background That's true. of Tiny Troops. Now, as I often do, Boat, I'm going to ask you, have you played or heard of this before this week? Never in my life had I heard of I, Tiny Troops. I don't think I had either. I, I hear, to compound my folly, for the longest time this week, 
I kept calling it Tiny Troopers over and over. Tiny Troopers. Like Starship Troopers. Well, there's a game called Tiny Troopers, but it's a modern game. It's oh, like, okay. You get a whole different level of stuff. I'm sort of like... surprised there's not a modern game called Tiny Troops, because, I mean, honestly, that's a pretty good name. It's not that good. I don't, I don't, because when you say something's tiny, that ins it, it instantly diminishes it to me. Why okay. not giant troops? That's <laughs> monster troops. <laughs> I mean, tiny troops. Do you want a cup? Do you want a big gulp or a tiny gulp? You know what I mean? Let's be honest here. You know what wants the tiny gulp? With all that said, uh, that expert analysis boat, it's tiny troops. Released late, late in the game, uh, 1997. Boatster, late. Uh, and this one was developed by Phoenix Interactive Entertainment. It's their sole offering on Amiga. Published by Vulcan. You know, yeah. Vulcan Software. You know that shtick. Live long and prosper, brother. Mm -hmm. They also were responsible for it. We actually covered some of the things they did, including Burnout, Final Odyssey. Remember that one? No. And Vol yeah, we covered Final Odyssey. And Valhalla. Okay, Val I remember Valhalla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go back and look through our back catalog boat. Uh, you'll you'll find it. Uh, this is an OCS ECS joint. Now listen, I read that you can get this on disc or or on excuse me uh, on CD or disc. The disc is a five disc special. Five Ooh, discs boat. That's a lot of discs. That's a lot of discs. I wonder how many were devoted to the opening of this. Probably game. Probably most of them. I would say this is a three disc open. This is an impressive open. So I read the. It's funny. I read the the uh, back of the box before mm -hmm. I watched the open. Cause I was, I, and then I watched the open. And it's exactly what's on the back of the box, except with like moving pictures going on. You know, movie oh, picture okay. show. Um, the the quick and dirty of the story is you've got two different tr two different uh, factions in this game. Okay, the Kalutes and the Fafurians. All right, and they're at war, never ending, nonstop war. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they've been at war for so long, no one really knows why they're fighting. And oh, by the way, they've trashed the planet they're on. This is very 1984-esque. Yeah, this is a uh, uh, hideous reminder or a preview of things to come, boat. I'm afraid. Mm -hmm. So they've trashed their planet. So what do you do when you trash your planet? Do you stop the war, make peace, try to fix the planet? No, no. That's for suckers. They did what they did, took a more realistic American approach. They just they're like, yeah, we're leaving our planet. We're gonna go move our war to some other planet. We're That's taking we're the war do. to a new place. And they did <clears throat> a shining planet known as Earth. So here's the here's the gimmick though. Uh, the uh, the the two factions are, on Earth are tiny. You see, you mm -hmm. get it. They're mm -hmm. tiny troops, in fact, mm -hmm. Bode. And so when they're on Earth, everything looks big. That's the bit. Yeah. What'd you what'd you think about this uh their gimmick for this one? It's a good concept. I like it. I like uh, you know, in the chat, uh one joyful day says that the characters remind him of Pikmin. I've been playing a lot of the Pikmin four demo on the Switch. Oh, yeah. And that was instantly what I thought of when I started playing this game, is that you know, it's always fun to me to be uh tiny. You know, like, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I love that movie, you know? There's yeah. just something about seeing the world, uh, the, the world we live in from a miniature perspective. I think it's cool. And I also think it's hilarious that these, like, warmongering troops, first of all, they look really cute, you know? They, they don't yeah. look like people that would be extremely warlike. But then when they transport themselves and their death machines onto a new planet, they're incredibly, incredibly small. So... A plus on the uh, the the game concept for me.
Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that one, uh, Bode. I thought it was okay. Uh, so, um, what is Tiny Troops? Well, Tiny Troops is a game uh, for one to two players uh, at where you basically go to war with the other whoever's on the other side. That's the game. Now, this is your classic, I guess what would you would call this uh, real-time uh, strategy game, Bode? This is or, a real-time strategy game, absolutely. And, and you mentioned... I assume you mentioned this in jest. Uh, you mentioned Command and Conquer, and you mentioned uh, StarCraft. Uh, I don't know. I've never played. I played Command and Conquer back in the day. It seems like that was out a long time ago. What? What? Give me a reference as to what years those came out versus when this is out, both. So well, I'd have to out. know something about video games to tell you that, Aaron. <laughs> and, uh, oh, because see. I just—you so confidently Man. said it. I just assumed that you knew. Really? Think... You've known me this long, and that's <laughs> what—that's what won you over. It looks like Command and Conquer was released in 1995. So Command okay, and Conquer predates this. Uh, okay. Warcraft also predates this. Yeah, I'm sure. Which I also—I've played that one too. So I've played yeah. a couple games like this. That yeah, were... this was. This was a genre, and of course, Dune 2 on the Amiga is sort of oh, the granddaddy man. of them all. So, with the, with the, all that reference, uh, thank you, Boat, for looking that up. Um, this game starts you off... Now, I played the one-player version of this. It's not like this game's rich in options. The option to use a joystick or a, a mouse is in there. That's pretty much the extent of the options. Uh, the uh, One or two players. You play this, and you just... It, there are battles. There are a total of 65 battles in this game that you wage either against a computer opponent or a player. <clears throat> and uh, you start each mission by assigning uh, the set number of characters you, that, that you could fill the character slots for that mission. Ten is the one... Most of the, most of the time, that, that's, what I, that's what you would do. Early on, you don't really have much of a choice. But as the game goes on, you get a wider uh, choice of the different types of uh, characters you can put in this. And then once you do that, you st you can you can get a briefing. Which, by the way, I found out about the briefing well into my play, Boat. I I, I I tell me about the briefing. How did you get that? So on the menu on the screen where you're loading up all your characters. So this you not knowing this probably made this a more difficult game for you, Boat. Uh, so when you see this screen right here. Uh, where you actually pick your guys. Uh, when you pick your guys, if you click on there's a dude up in the corner, like a like an alien. If you click on him, he gives you a briefing for that mission. How did you, you figure that out? Well, I'll tell you how I figured it out. I got to a mission. I was like, "What am I doing? Surely they're not so stupid that they're not going to give you a briefing." And so I clicked around, and then I found it. It was that guy. He gave you a briefing oh, on it. Oh, okay. So that probably put you in the back foot right away. Yes, boat. absolutely. So. Early missions are mostly just like you are supposed to... There's a radar screen. Let's talk about the main screen. I'm going to let you jump in here in a second. I'm going to, here's what the screen looks like when you start the game. You've got a, a basically a radar section at the bottom. Uh, there are four squares at the bottom of the screen. It's a radar. There are two squares that are full of buttons for actions for your guys. And then a third square that like gives you different uh, formations for your troops. Okay? And at the top of the screen, two-thirds of the screen is just the actual area of the screen, the battlefield. 
And I used the mouse. I heard you. I didn't even think about using the joystick for this. That sounded like a horrible idea. Yeah, I've I can't heard imagine horrible. using the joystick. Yeah. Uh, but you you literally scroll around the <laughs> screen using the mouse. When you get to the far edge of the screen where where the thing needs to scroll, it turns into an arrow, and you can keep scrolling around. So scroll. That's how you scroll around the screen. Uh, generally, the first couple missions have you basically uh, confronting and assaulting an enemy force as they confront and assault you. It's pretty straightforward. Your guys come in on like a big teleporter, and uh, that's how you get onto the battlefield, and then you go to fight. Um, Boat, what, before we get too deep into this, I want to get your thoughts on the control scheme in this game for moving around the battlefield uh, with your mouse and also for picking troops. Well, this game uh, does incorporate some of the more modern conveniences of um, of RTS games, uh, especially when you put it up against something like Dune Two, for example. You are able to click and drag units, which is sort of that was sort of a watershed moment when you could click and drag that dashed rectangle around the guys you wanted to move. Yeah. However. The, the problem with the, 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 the click and drag is that you're limited to the size of the square that you can make, which is ridiculous. So, like, you may want to select all of your guys and move them somewhere. Well, you can't because you can't physically make the square big enough to encompass all of your guys. So what you have to do is you have to use the what I like to call the rally round button, which is the uh, the, yeah. the last button there on the on the on the left, and uh, you get all your guys to sort of cluster around you, and then you can select them all. Um, this game, once you have guys selected, uh, you can uh, move them or you can attack with them. Um, all the button presses in this game are triggered by the left mouse button. Um, probably the biggest fault in the control of this game is that it does not utilize the right mouse button at all. Um, in Baffling. the, in, you know, the, uh, I just can't understand why you wouldn't take advantage of another, the other button on the mouse. I can tell uh, you easily. I can tell okay, you what. Tell me. Because, because it supports the joystick. Oh, and that's why they okay, wanted that, okay. uh, that. Presumably, think about this was out '97, so I, I assume by this time they had the CD32 and the CDTV in mind uh, when this was released. But they also still had to be uh, faithful to the old Amiga. And if you play two players on this, I don't know if it, I don't think it even supports two mice. So it may be, but I didn't, I didn't check. But they the reason you only get that one button, I'd bet dollars to donuts, is because they wanted to make it quick and easy to I, get a joystick involved. I guarantee you you're right. But yeah. you just have to think okay, the C D T V or okay, the the C D T V is a complete non factor by nineteen ninety seven. So it let's does just have multiple right buttons out. though, if that's where you're going. But the the, the C D thirty two definitely multiple buttons. Yeah. And guess what? Every single hundred percent of the people that own Amigas own a mouse. So well, I well, I don't doubt, but not that not that... not a CD32 though. That's the problem. But, but again, the CD32 multiple buttons on the controller. It came I, with a multiple button. Right, controller. but they have to support the lowest common denominator. But you know that it's it's it's, it's, it's idiotic. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> the fact that I was using that mouse. And by the way, how much effort would it take from a programming perspective to let you use that second mouse button for something? Right. I mean, if we're not talking about like. 
of rewriting the graphics modes or something. This is something a lot simpler. So I think it's just basically laziness. It's 97. We're not expecting the cream of the crop here at this point. Well, you opinion. have to look at, you know, who was still making games for the Amiga in 1997? You know, it definitely was not your major publishers. These are these are guys that are trying to eke out a living by selling, you know, by by moving enough product to make their next game, basically. And so, if you look at it from that perspective, I can see why they feel they would feel like they'd have to cater to all audiences. Yeah, I, I can understand that. But this is this is sort of uh, what they've done is they've they've taken that desire and they've made the game worse because of it, and not just a little bit worse, but markedly worse. Uh, you know, listen. Uh, we're in lockstep on this one. Uh, I knew right away that the controls are going to be a problem. Just because of the way you... Even when you lasso your guys, if you click incorrectly, it just goes away. Also, the lasso moves, but once you move it, it doesn't do anything. Stuff like that. The fact that uh, your controls... So basically, you pick a guy or a group of guys, and then you've got some uh, some buttons, some unmarked buttons, that old shtick, that just have logos on them yep. to do stuff. You've got a fist, which means you're going to attack. Like, it's like you're going to attack somebody. There's an upward arrow that basically is to move your guys. There's a wrench when you need to do stuff like repair your teleport pad, do repairs. There's a shield to have guys guard, stuff like the teleporter. And then there's a, a target... <clears throat> that basically said the rally point thing it you basically target one of your guys and then you don't the, uh, all your buddies will rally to him right it is incredibly easy to hit the wrong buttons on these it's incredibly difficult to to get the guys to do intricate maneuvers in my now I, and I'll you know jump in if you disagree with this boat but for me when I try to do like kind of split squad maneuvering it was a trial to say the least and the thing is, the bones of all that being successful are there. The radar is quite good. Uh, the uh, I like the way it's set up for the most part, but the controls make it very difficult. And something else is the pathing is real jacked up. Uh, guys get caught on stuff in the uh, playfield all the time. Uh, uh, it's real annoying. There's a game mechanic that comes into play on like level 3 or 4 where you could literally move these rocks around. And what the idea of this is, because you're facing a superior force, is to move these rocks into a point where the enemy can only come through with one guy at a time. You can just cream him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, the movement of these rocks requires you to move your characters, and they scoot along and push these rocks. I can't tell you how irritating it was to try to move these rocks around with your players, because they're just hard to maneuver uh, in, in precisely in a correct way to get this to happen. Uh, and I found it quite frustrating, uh, which is a shame, uh, because I think this is a, an attractive game, uh, Boat. I mean, I, it's not what I would... It's not Shadow of the Beast or anything, but I mean... It, this is yet going, another example. Nice. This is yet another example. You know, we talk about, uh, you know, the Euro design... Euro platformer designers, that it was like they, they saw Mario on a TV across the room in a smoky bar... And they, they decided to make a game like it. This is sort of like somebody saw somebody playing Warcraft, like Warcraft 2, in that same smoky bar from across the room. And they're like, yeah, we can do something like that. And they did. They did something like that, but they left out everything that makes that game good. 
Well, yeah, and this game gets compared to a lot of other games. I mean, these little squad-based, like, war games, even at this point, they were, you know, you had Cannon Fodder, uh, for example, which is a superior Well, see, I don't, I, don't, I don't see this as a game like Cannon Fodder at all. Why do you not? I mean, you don't see any similarities? Well, yeah, there's little guys running around on a screen and you're killing other things. But cannon fodder is not about it's it's not about squad tactics as much as it is being able to quickly maneuver your guys in and out of situations, being able to fire accurately like there's everything in this game is auto target. Cannon fodder is the opposite of that. You've got to you've got to click on every single one of those enemies to kill them. Also, there's no hit points in cannon fodder. When you shoot a guy, he's dead. This this is a game that is much more really cannon fodder is is I think we've talked about it before. It's a lot like well, it's a lot like a, a lot of great games. It really stands alone in terms of a games that are like it. There aren't really a whole lot of other games that that are exactly like cannon fodder. This game, apart from just having a you know a initial visual similarity to the game, uh, everything about it is different and uh, and worse. Well, um, one, of, one of the things Canapoter did that this game, I, I mean, there are you're right, there are major differences. There are similarities, and and the movement in Canapoter is a lot simpler uh, and a lot I think it's a lot easier to master. Part of the reason is you're you're moving. A lot of guys in this, a lot of the time, and so, and you're moving against a lot of times you're fighting superior forces, and so you've got a lot going on all over the place. Cannon fodder, you you would split your guys up occasionally, but you're talking like one or two guys, not like ten guys against twenty guys or whatever. It gets a lot more confusing. Another thing that I really didn't like, you know, the the problems I have with this game are stupid problems. We've talked to so many times. Something simple like just your ability to move around the map. I don't mean move your guys around the map. I mean just move the mouse around. It, I always had trouble getting it to function very well when I did it. You know, it's it uh, it's weird. And trying to keep track of everything that's going on and move the move around and move your the screen around, I just found difficult. Yeah. And before yeah. before and, too long and, in this game, it was I, I got to a point where I was really frustrated, but. There are things, there are so many easy things that would make this game better. Um, introduce, now, I did not have the documentation for this game. I looked for the docs and I, I could not find, find it them. Either. I couldn't find it either. I couldn't find it either. What I saw on Let's Plays and magazine reviews <laughs> to figure this thing out. And there are no keyboard shortcuts. And keyboard shortcuts are what you need to have in a real-time strategy game. You know, the, the real-time strategy games popularized the term APM. Have you heard of the APM before? Mm-mm. It's actions per minute. It, or it talks about, it may be APS now. You know, these guys are so fast. But it's like, how many different actions can you perform in this game per minute? And yeah. if every time that you have to do something on the screen, then you have to go back down to a menu screen. You have to move the mouse all the way down, then move the mouse all the way back up to target the thing with the thing that you were just clicked on. That's incredibly wasteful. What they should have done was they should have mapped attack to the A button. They should have mapped move to the M button. That way you never have to move your cursor off the screen. You press the M key, and then you press the left mouse button, and the guys that you've selected move. 
Then you press the A button, which is, selects the attack action. Then you click on the guys that you want to attack, and you attack them. These are easy things that they could have done that are not outside the realm of possibility for 19 freaking 97. I was going to ask you if the age of this game gives it a pass on the event. No, I don't think not at all. And I will say, having played, I, I'm not what I would call com the Command and Conquer Master, you know, or the Warcraft, but I did play them. And I, I did not find them as... Um, frustrating to to operate in as, as i do this one i, I found an, another more thing difficult. That, another thing that separates this game from from the other real-time strategy games is that even in the earliest levels of um command and conquer or starcraft or warcraft you're doing something other than just attacking the bad guys uh for example in warcraft and in starcraft you're gathering resources you have to gather timber to build things or you have to gather the the whatever the gas is or the crystal in StarCraft to build various things. So you have this whole tech tree mechanic that you're dealing with at the same time as you're moving troops out to attack the enemy base. And so that mixture of things keeps the combat from getting too monotonous because you got to realize that this game, you don't have direct control over your characters. And so at the end of the day, what you're doing is you're maneuvering your guys into place. You're hitting the attack button. You're watching these guys mindlessly slog it out until the either in one or the other side wins. And then you move on to the next stage. Now, like you said, in the later stages, you're doing more things to affect the environment. But you still don't have the same sort of multi-tiered strategy gaming approach that you have in a game like like Warcraft. I will say, as I went through the game, uh, and I got, gosh, I know I, I I was moving along pretty well. Like I won my first three or four missions without any problem, right? But you, I got to a point. And that's what I had to look at the uh, what I was supposed to do. Where it really the the difficulty ramps up quite a bit, like pretty fast, and so I did not get incredibly far into this game, and so luckily there's a thing that lets you skip around to the different levels. Uh, there's a little cheat for it. I couldn't find any documentation either, but I did find the cheat that let me skip through the levels. Uh, as you move further into the game, uh, vehicles uh, and uh, uh, turrets and whatnot become more of a become more of a thing yeah it's sort of a, it's sort of an akari warriors type thing where you can jump in a tank and or you can jump in a turret and use the turret you know right right and and then uh, often early on you're fighting the enemy will come at you with tanks and whatnot i mean it's actually i i would i'm not going to give any commentary on the level design or whatnot because i just didn't feel like i got good enough to to really make a educated uh, summation of these, but I will say I think, I thought, that, I think their ideas were sound, uh, but I just I could not get far enough or was apt enough with the controls to, to have fun trying to decipher what they were up to. And, and again, you have to look at also, you have to look at the audience this was created for. So, if you were an Amiga owner in 1997, you'd never played Command and Conquer. You'd never played Warcraft because none of those games were available on your platform. So this might have been, aside from Dune 2, this might have been sort of your your first exposure to the the real time strategy genre, and I can see how somebody like that would have a lot more fun with a game like this. But once you just once those keyboard shortcuts are unlocked, and once you sort of you're like, okay, now I really feel like I can make some progress. It's really hard to take a step back in game design to where you're constantly clicking up on the play field, back down to the menu, back and forth, back and forth. That's really hard to go back to. 
Well, we we've played quite a few of these games, bro, where the where the interface was not as elegant sure. as we would Absolutely. like. Absolutely. So, sometimes they get a pass. Sometimes they don't, and this is not the worst, by the way. It's not the it's, worst, and it is. It's, it's a very pretty game. The graphics yeah. are very good, uh, but it, it. But it's. It may these kind of games are the ones that really upset me because I think there's something that could be fun here. Now, this does have two player split screen. Uh, that could be a real winner because you're at least you're both hampered yes. with the same shortcomings, yes. you know, and so. I can absolutely see we're playing this. I don't know if they've got this over to Amiga Live, but it might be a look worth looking into uh, to see if he's uh, if he supports us over there. By the way, shout out Amiga Live, we love him over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, um, <clears throat> you know, this one, I'm gonna say uh, a mixed bag. I wish I could have gotten a little further without without cheating. You know, and, and then once I went to the higher levels to try them, I just didn't do that well because, of course, it's a natural progression where you learn stuff that I didn't have. I mean, I won a couple here and there, but it was mostly just by luck. Some of the other levels are you're repairing things, you're retrieving things, so it's not just go out and kill everything. They put some variety in okay. there. Okay, okay, well, that's you know. good. I, I, you know, I, I didn't see those levels, but I'm glad that variety is there. Yeah, but, I mean, it, uh, it when you don't have a, uh, a decent interface, it sort of lets the whole project down. Uh, did we get any Discord action on this one, Boaster? Uh, unfortunately, nobody found it within their hearts to play Tiny Troops this week. Oh, man. Well, I did I did look... I'm surprised, because this is a pretty accessible title. Um, I looked this up on Lemon to see how, how they scored it. They gave this one a 6.54, which I'd say that's probably in the ballpark of where I'd, I would have placed it. Uh, Amiga Format uh, in 97 gave this an 88. CU Amiga gave this a 69. The uh, that add them all together, you get an average uh, magazine rating of 79%. Boatster. This was an Amiga exclusive, so there's no comparison this week. But I did look it up on eBay because you think sometimes these uh, games that release late in the cycle are worth a few bucks. But this mm-hmm. one I saw sold complete in box in the UK for 20. American dollars, but wow, still very reasonable. Hey, listen, get the buy it, get the get the uh, rule book, and then upload it somewhere. Maybe we've had yes, a little more fun. If we had a, some <laughs> some uh, uh, some uh, thoughts. Any final thoughts on this one, boat? I uh, know this is that. Well, yeah, I say no. Then I'm getting ready to talk. Um, <laughs> the, again, like you said, it's a it's a beautiful game. Uh, it's it's hampered by the other games that are in the genre. And seeing what can really be done with it, but if you were an Amiga owner in 1997 uh, and you were just itching to play something in a, in, a, in this sort of a genre, you probably could do worse. Absolutely, well said, Boaster. If you ask any Amiga repair technician what the most problematic component of a motherboard is, they'll undoubtedly mention capacitors. The electrolytic capacitors that ship with the Amiga are 30 years old or older at this point, and each one is a ticking time bomb waiting to explode battery acid all over your motherboard, sometimes damaging it irrevocably. Don't wait. Replace your capacitors now. Full capacitor kits for every Amiga model are available now at RetroRewind.ca. Don't want to attempt the repair yourself? Use their white glove recap service and leave the intricate removal and soldering process to the professionals using industry standard equipment. Use the promo code AMIGOS10 at checkout and save 10% off your cap kit or service. Remember, make RetroRewind.ca your first stop for all your Commodore computer needs. Amiga News. Campbell Train. 
All right, Aaron, big news week in the world of Amiga. All right. Oh, you know, Indie Retro News has been burning the midnight oil over there talking about all of these brand new up-and-coming games for the Amiga. And we start with a game that is about as far away from my heart as you can get. (laughs) I knew it. Very old. An an unreleased Amiga slash PC dungeon crawler. Come on. Aaron, you are much friendlier to the old dungeon crawler than I am. What do you think of Thalamar Land of Chaos? Well, this is, I'm looking at it here for the first time. Uh, It looks like, I mean, it looks like your standard setup here. You've got the screen divided. Uh, into four different players. You've got a uh, a window at the top to let you move around. I mean, th- this looks like many, many of the same game we've played before. I see you've got uh, uh, icons there for items that you've got a grab and a p- uh, attack button, that stuff. So, might be good. I mean, it's one of those games where you try it. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. I know you hate these, Boat. Yes. Uh, but, uh, you, know, you know, what are you going to do? It's, it looks like it's got a day-night cycle. I thought maybe the video just got screwed up, but it's a day-night cycle, so that's kind of <laughs> cool. You never know. It looks good. It looks okay. I mean, we've played a couple of these on the show like this, uh, but, uh, you know, hey, maybe it's got a good plot or whatever. Uh, you know, you never know. You know, I, nice. I, do, I am a fan of the day-night cycle, and um, but, you know, immediately I'm struck by the lack of on-screen mapping. Uh, oh that's yeah, a, that that's a no go for me if I don't if I don't have that. Now this game, I guess it was uh, produced in 1999. It was originally slated uh, for the Amiga. Talk about another late Amiga release. Yeah. Never came out. Then they planned to re-release it or to to kind of bring it back in 2006 uh, with a 3D engine. Um, but uh, there was no interest from the former team to continue. No. So no. Unfortunate. Say, clearly, they did not use the 3D engine. It might be cool. I'll, I'll do like at the bottom of the screen. It's a huge empty spot with the timer. That's yeah. what, it looks like they put out the Atari 8-bit. They in put the grand the, Amiga tradition of the massive HUD. I mean, that, that is, you talk about waste of that space. Dreamcatch is turned over in his grave too. right now. <laughs> Good stuff, though. But hey, it might be great, though. I don't want to bury this. Again, it's Thalamar Land of Chaos. We live in a land of chaos right now, Boat. So That's right. Close to home. Now, Aaron, our next story is a game near and dear to my heart. I've played uh, several of these over the years. Uh, This is a a new entry in the Box series. That's B-O-X-X. This comes to us from um, Lemming880. And uh, this is a really cute and colorful, bouncy uh, (laughs) platformer. Uh, that I just love. I just love. This looks like something that you might... I think Pajaco might have programmed something like this on the old J2ME back in the day. This is something that uh, I would enjoy playing right now if it were in front of me. Uh, it says that originally uh, the Box series was, or the Box 3 came out in 2017. Uh, it was created in Backbone, which was a real loser engine. So now it's being ported over to the Scorpion engine, which is where all the cool kids are playing these days. Uh, and Saberman has a, a video here of the game in action. Uh, at one point, it looks like you you take the form of the uh, the, the Terminator robot. Uh, I can't think of what that guy's name is, like the Ed246 or whatever. That, that's a RoboCop. Yeah, RoboCop. That's what I meant. You're, you're, uh... So anyway, I like the way this looks. What do you think about this one, Aaron? This looks like a very modern take on an indie game. You know what I mean? It, it, very indie game looking graphics mm-hmm. on this, but it's not a bad thing. Uh, it looks, it's colorful, it's bright, I've got no idea, is, is this a platformer, is that what we're looking at here, It's Bo? a platformer, man. I mean, it looks, it looks nice. Hey, listen, 
this looks like, you know, I love this stuff. Uh, this looks like something that might be right up my alley. Uh, and, uh, and it looks like it's, I mean, is this thing ready to go? Did we know? Uh, no, this is, a, it's a beta right now, uh, but you can download it for free from uh, the author's itch.io page, lemming880.itch.io. Um, and, uh, man, I'm telling you, you look at that Amiga section on itch, really any classic computing platform on itch, it's really become the steam marketplace for, uh, you know, retro gaming on classic platforms. Yeah. I think everything in Cammy's, uh, uh, Amiga game jam was all hosted on itch. Yeah. It's a good setup over there. Plus you can throw this guy's a couple bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, showing some love. And you just, you have your whole collection in one place, like Steam. So if you accidentally forget what something's called, or if you download something and delete it, you can always go right back there and get it. Uh, yeah, excellent. Next up, Aaron, it's time for a one-to-one arcade port of Frog. You know, there's a lot of crap talked about transcodes. People talking about these guys are geniuses. You know how I feel about transcodes. Yeah, you love Lazy. them. I do too. No, they're great. Lazy. Is that what this is? This is not a transcode. Lazy. But you couldn't transcode your way out of a wet sack. Listen, I transcode all night long. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to know. <laughs> so uh, this is a. Uh, it says the the creator, which is uh, RMJ and JoJo, that dynamic duo. This is a one-to-one arcade port using the original Z80 code that has been reverse engineered and transcoded to the 68,000. So this is a transcode I can get behind. Listen, uh, this looks already looks great. Because Frogger, yeah. listen, I'm taking over. I've had enough of that. No more transcript bashing. This is solid gold money, brother. You think JoJo's going to put their name on something's crap? This is going to be true. solid gold. Frogger... I owned a Frogger boat back in the day. Really? I didn't oh, know yeah. that. It was that in Lexington? Line. It's, yeah, it's the first game ever fixed, uh, man. Uh, broken traces on that sucker, and I went to work. Uh, but the Frogger, a great game. This does not get nearly enough jack anymore. Uh, immortalized in that great episode of Seinfeld. But it's just a great game. Simple, easy to control. You could get your mama, your grandmama. Anybody could control this sucker and play it and figure it out. Get the frog home. It's that simple. Maybe pick up a girlfriend, eat a bug in the way. I'm so happy because there's a lot of, uh, let's call them, uh, uh, second-tier frogger clones out there. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Listen, I'm, I'm on ARG, too. I've put a million froggers, right? But there's only one King Dong, and that's the original frogger. And the fact that now I can load up the Amiga and play Numero Uno on there, I salute these young men for their work here. I think this is outstanding, Boat. Absolutely, absolutely. Is, it, is this you, one out yet? Uh, this one, it looks like it is not out yet. It's still a beta, but again, uh, you can check out the ADF over on Itch. Uh, Aaron, when all these things start hitting alpha, we should have a special stream together in the new and improved studio and, and play through some of these. I absolutely. think that'd be a lot of fun. And I'm looking here uh, on this thing boat. This runs on the old A500 with a 512. That means for anything. Bam. That's what I'm talking about. Don't listen to Boat. Transcode everything. Transcode the world instead of hack the world. I love him. That's great. You're going to love this next story, Aaron. Uh-huh. There's a new alpha build of, get ready for it, Karate Champ. Oh. Now, Aaron, a lot of people think the Karate Champ is sort of an also-ran that doesn't Don't stand go- up with the, with games like, uh, you know, uh, the uh, Kung, Kung Fu Master Who or thinks Final that? Fight or something like that. Do you agree with that stance? Are you kidding me? I will karate champ anybody. 
I mean, in real life, if they aren't down with the champ. They don't call it Karate Champ for nothing. This is another King Dong game. You want arcade action, one-on-one -on -one fighting? When we were at Boat Fest, you'll recall this boat. I believe it was me. Uh, who was it I was playing on Karate Champ? We were going to war down there. Oh, I know. It was Tate from the freaking crypt from mm -hmm. Texas. We went to, we battled like men on a field of honor with the geese playing Karate Champ, and it holds up. It holds up great. So I'm also ecstatic to see this coming out, Bo. I'm very excited. This is great. You can't get enough of these classic arcade games on the Amiga, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. So it uh, looks like there are uh, some dev notes here. It says that it, this needs two mega memory, so no, no A500, but he's trying to work on it. Uh, and also, uh, right now, you are limited to a CD32 joypad because all of the controls are linked to those joystick buttons. So uh, if you got yourself a CD32 pad and uh, a 1200 or a CD32, uh, of course, or an emulator, you can give this thing a whirl. I got uh, I got me one of those pads. You know? Now, here's yeah. the thing. they Eventually, I bet they can map this to the old stick. Plus... Uh, two Mega Mega, like uh, everyone in 2023 yeah. has got two big Megs. That ain't nothing. That's true. If they get this working on there, I'm in. I will fight. I will fight anybody. I love this game. Love it. I also like the master in the background because I always like his hairdo. Like, what's up with that? I like his facial expression. I wish I could look like that all the time. You need a Fu Manchu, brother. That's why. If Is that a Fu one, Manchu? I thought that was at... a giant frown. No, no. He's Fu Manchuing oh. it up. That's what the cool kids wear. I used to have one of those. Also, okay. he's got the cool guy slippers on. See that? Yeah, That's what I wear. Yeah. Yeah, People like me, old, old kung fu guys, we sort of look the same as you get older. Yeah. I mean, you and Bruce Lee are practically twins. Well, I mean, Aaron, I'm old. Our next story is about Laser World. Uh, other than Lazy <laughs> World. I was like, man, I'm in there. Where's that at? Lazy World. Boy, I'm saying it now. Lazy World is, <laughs> is a great idea for a game. That, um, that should be the name of the restaurant. Change it immediately. This is a this is a Polish game that has recently been found and rediscovered. This is a lot like a game that we've played on both the Amiga and the uh, the ZX Spectrum called Deflector. Do you remember oh, Deflector, yeah. Aaron? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I remember that one. So I this is, or I, I think Photon and the old Coco has a little something to do with 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 this too. Uh, actually, I can't remember exactly what Photon is, other than it's got great music. It but, sounds um, like it should be very similar, but it, it probably sounds isn't. like it. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. this is a game where you play oh, as man. a as a as a as a bulldozer, as you do, and you're pushing around these blocks that reflect a laser light, and uh, your job is to connect uh, two different points uh, in a puzzle-like manner. So anyway, this dump was posted on a Polish forum a couple years ago. Yeah. But, of course, sometimes, you know, on the non-English-speaking web, things tend to disappear. This game has been rediscovered and has been reposted over on the English Amiga board. Uh, check it out. Looks cool if you're a puzzle-type guy. And, hey, I'm all about forgotten games being found. Yeah, and let's shout-out to all the Poles out there, all the Polish fans. Are there any more passionate Amiga followers than the fine folks over in Poland? They love no. it. They're, they're a big Atari guys, too. They're they love their retro. They're passionate in general. Yeah, they you know, are. I like to party with a bunch of those guys, like Amiga Bill did. I'll never forget that I'd be video. afraid. I'd they be afraid get, I'd they die. They were getting that Polish <laughs> brew out of the fridge. <laughs> yeah. Bill, you know, Bill has a kind of weird look in his face. That's where he got it, right there. It's the first time I've ever seen him get that look. That's what it was. This looks okay, though, Boat. This doesn't look too bad at all. No. Hey, can you pronounce this guy's name? Arkadizus Walaziski? 
Yeah, Oof. I don't have That's to. A, you just did it. Man, I'll uh, I'll buy a valve, Anna. You know what I mean? That's a lot yeah. of valves in there. Well, you, me, and Arkadizus should have a drink sometime. Man, Maybe I'm down. we he can should get come, him to to come to Boat Fest. That's right. Listen, That's right. Polish people, come on down. We will take we care of you. you. We yeah. welcome you. My, we welcome whatever, everybody. You know, we I am. Everybody. I'm one quarter Polish. So really? Bam. Yeah. That's the good looking quarter too. That's right. All right, Aaron. We got a. This is not a new site, but this is a site that we were made aware of over on uh, our Discord, and I figured some people didn't know about this. I don't. This is a site called AmigaVideo.net. Uh, AmigaVideo.net is an online interactive archive of instructional videotapes that were designed to teach people how to use various Amiga applications. Oh, okay. So if you if you scroll down the side a little bit, you can see a big stack of videotapes. Uh, Dave uh, Dave Z actually oh. has a whole bunch of these. He wants me to digitize for him. He probably has some that Amiga Video Net doesn't yeah. have. Uh, but this is a really fantastic resource if you're trying to educate yourself on uh, you know Lightwave or the toaster, and uh, and you want to see what the people were learning on back in the day. Your yeah. whole archive is right here at your fingertips at AmigaVideo.net. Let me tell you something. Our good buddies, I mentioned him earlier, Tate's from the Crypt. I guarantee you, he's, this picture, he's got blown up, and he's got it on his wall somewhere, a frame. He, he's a videotape master. He'd love this. Yes. This is a great idea, by the way. You need to get on that boat for Dave Z. I know. He needs know. to send those things over, man. You know, don't, are you kidding me? Dave Z will pony up the shipping for about anything. I've learned I that about him. So, I know. Yeah, that's a He's great, good find, Boat. Hey, since we're done with the news, I'm going to chime in here. We're not done with quick. the news. Oh, we're uh, not? I've got, yeah, I, I, forgot oh, I'm to, sorry. I, for, I forgot to click a button. If you'll refresh the page, and uh, props to Anthony Jarvis, by the way, for, for putting that AmigaVideo.net link up. Uh, I was new to me, and I appreciate it. That was good. Uh, do, you, do you see our final story here, Aaron? Yes, I do. I okay. do see it now. This is a, just a quick shout-out to our boy, Alistair Bremble. We're friends on Facebook, which means we're practically buddies. Oh, yeah. uh, he is uh, he's celebrating his 1,000th invoice for video game audio. He's done 1,000 jobs in the industry, Aaron. What do you think about that? Listen, as a man who's done a few jobs myself, you know what I mean, I'm proud of this man. I'm also proud that he says here his number one invoice was Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds were go for Alistair Bremble. And so I don't know what his 1,000th was, but congratulations. Hey, listen, talent will take you far, Boat. You know yes. that. You of all people know that. Man, I didn't mean to step on Mr. Brimble's toes. No, either. it's it's my fault because I forgot to click a button to make it visible. Yeah, but listen, so you don't want to you don't want to cross someone that powerful. But that's right. God. So we uh, congrats to Alistair and here's to a thousand more. Right, Aaron. What do you want to talk about before we leave the news? Let's talk about how great I. No, I'm just kidding. I mentioned <laughs> this in the pre-show, but now I'm going to mention it in the actual show. Uh, coming up a week uh, a week from tomorrow as we film this, it will be the international. Computer Club. That's oh, Saturday, yes. September two. September two. Uh, these don't come around that often because they they give me a ulcer every time we do one. <laughs> but by God, we're up for another one. I got a lot of I got a lot of Pepto and Alka Seltzer in there. I'm ready to go. Uh, we will be starting this thing off at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It will be on Twitch, the same channel you're watching now. If you're watching us live, Amigos Retro Gaming on Twitch. That's where you come for all the good stuff, boat. And this will be no exception. We've got six or seven uh, people that are going to be 
doing demonstrations, have sent in videos, or are going to give little talks, uh, as we do. These things are always a lot of fun. We usually go about uh, three hours or so, uh, and this will be, this time around, we're going to, once again, boat. I'm going to roll the bones. We're going to do this on Discord uh, this time around. And it should be a lot of fun. That's International Computer Club that will be going down September 2nd, Saturday, September 2nd, at 5 p.m. If you have not signed up and you want to demonstrate something or have something uh, that you do at the International Computer Club, uh, please, I beseech you, go to the uh, International Computer Club section, ICC section of the Discord, or you can send me an email if you're not a member of the Discord at argpresents at mail.com. Boat. Bam. There you go. Bam. That's it. I should also mention, Boat, just an FYI, uh, uh, we have uh, uploaded uh, the last Coco show me and Butter could be hosting, at least for the foreseeable future, and it was one of my all-time favorite shows. It's on Lucifer's Kingdom Boat. We put Lucifer over strong in this one in terms of its fashion sense and also his <laughs> game because this game's double awesome. Even if you're not a Coco fan, please check out the new Coco show. And me and the Brent did a show, and it's the Brent's Choice. Double Brent action in this one. Please check that out as well. That's all I got there, Boat. All right, man. What do we got coming up next week on the show? Let's find out. Oh, man. Can you pronounce that in a hilarious way for me? You're ready. You forgot the two. It's Iridium 2! It's like like Wrestling 2. Yeah, hold it up. Now listen, Iridium, sort of a famous game on not the Amiga. You know what I mean? What's it famous on? Iridium is like a big C64. Like It's one of the Mount Rushmore games, the C64. Is this a Bitmap Brothers garbage piece? No, no. Listen, have we not gotten over it? You love the Bitmap Brothers. You love some of their games. Don't give in to hate, Boat. Don't get in the dark path. I'm glad it's not now. Bitmap Brothers. Oh, it's not. Don't worry about that. That's it. That'll be fun. Viridium 2. Good good times. Good times. All right. Guys, thank you as always for watching. I uh, Do keep in mind, if you'd like to support the show and join our Discord community, you can head on over to patreon.com slash amigospodcast. We'll see you next week. And until then, adios. adios. Amigos is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Patreon supporters help choose the games we play receive exclusive magnets, and get access to the Amigos Retro Gaming Discord server. Visit patreon.com slash amigospodcast if you'd like to support the show and join our community.